Music and fun. Miskin Radio. So Mo, naturally as a comedian, like you, you do some gigs where you think, oh no, like I, just, <laughs> I wish I wasn't here. I've had more than a few. You, you <laughs> had to MC a night with just six people in the audience. Yeah, it's um, yeah, just a bit of context actually on this. So I um, I'd uh, I'd done a really good set and uh, it was a launch night and I'd found um, someone had seen my set and loved it and. Uh, um, kind of recommended that I should do it. There was a last minute dropout. The problem is it was really short notice. And so when I found out, I was about 20 minutes late coming from work in a suit. And I would turn up and there's like six people in the crowd, four like old Nigerian blokes and like two old Australian women, which is not my target demographic, right? Anyway, and um, and yeah, I just, um, they just hated me from the off. I mean, it didn't help kind of being late initially but just nothing landed the suit didn't help um i mean i was even telling like really clean cut jokes like i've got this whole joke about my nephew being really small and how you know finally i'm not the smallest person in my family just didn't land um and even to the point where like the running order i'd i'd messed up the first name because they'd actually got the numbers written on the side and i'd ended up like calling out her name but she was actually fifth and i don't know why i just made up this badge i was just like oh i thought that was your age because she was like a bit of an older woman, not, not even thinking. Like, I mean, the joke doesn't even make sense. Um, but yeah, just less of that. Were there, <laughs> were there more people in the audience than acts? There were more acts than audience. Yeah. Well, um, to be fair, I yeah. think there were seven acts. So, yeah. Uh, the thing with comedy is when you, when you tell a joke, you need the audience to be listening. You need the 100% concentration. With music, it's slightly less because, you, you know, every single word isn't as key in a way. Is it, is it less horrendous? As a musician, when you have an audience, when you have an audience that's kind of a bit a bit apathetic to yourself, or, or is it as, as horrendous as you would imagine it to be as a comedian? Um, I've I've probably had experiences that sound as horrendous, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, but yeah, um, I think I think when you're playing as a musician, you're you're so caught up in any mistakes that you make, any forgetting forgotten lyrics, any fluffed chords, and then when you get down, people say, "Oh yeah, no, that's great." Oh, they weren't listening. <laughs> so you kind of right, yeah. But, but you're the but with like a like a missed punchline, or maybe not a missed punchline, but like a missed yeah. piece of a build up to a joke, or a missed or a missed note, or a missed, you know, just a missed lyric. The audience don't know unless like yeah. they know every single one of your songs. They won't realise, but you you think they do. Like if you miss if you mess up the setup to a punchline, like with your jokes, you you know you know the the science of each joke really well. But the audience isn't going to unless they've yeah. seen you like hundreds of times. Same with music. But you yeah. somehow think, oh god, like you don't realise as a performer, yeah. I guess that the audience actually doesn't have a script in front of them and are expecting yeah. every single joke to be perfect. Well, it's, it's the, the silence is just a lot more deafening, you know, with the, with the comedy night. And, uh, and it messes up your timing as well, you know what I mean? Because, like, if you, if you get that joke wrong, um, then suddenly you're like, oh, God, where am I now with the next setup, with the next punchline? And suddenly you're just chasing your tail. Um, have, so, have, yeah. you ever, um, have you ever done, like, pause for laughter? Have you ever like written that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when when I when I have uh, like when I when I rehearse, uh, I still do this. I have a stopwatch and I pause for the laughs. Where I'm literally, where I'm literally like, ha 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 ha, like to myself, like you know, timing how long and like which ones are the big laughs and which ones are the small laughs. So usually they're all small laughs, but you know, I uh, I get I get by. How, how, <laughs> how do you fake the laughter? Like, is it a is it a, you say a small laugh? Is it is it a hearty laugh? Um, it depends. On, yeah, I mean, you get different types of laughter, and you like or groans, or you know what I mean. So, have you ever groaned at yourself in a, in like? A <laughs> <laughs> um, I have. I've, I've groaned at myself many times. Have you, um, heckled, have you heckled yourself? <laughs> um, heckled? No. Uh, the, the you know the the audience usually do that for me, so <laughs> I'm, I'm very well versed. Uh, I would say. 
but one thing at least you could at least you could remember that gig because but t- tell us about the gig that you were at the you were it was a band uh, I, I think like a friend of yours and they were supporting James Morrison yeah so um, I've got a um, a mate who's in a band called the Sea like like the Body of Water um, really good band and they're, they're really popular in Europe actually um, I think they were in like the top ten in Germany and all this and but they'd never really broken through and they were touring with James Morrison. Um, and they were in the Newcastle O2. And me and my friend um, went to go and support, and we should have known it was kind of going wrong from the start because we got the wrong train, got fined 150 quid. It was just like uh, everything downhill from here. Um, But anyway, holiday mode. Um, So, you know, we'd had a few to drink, and we got there, got to the Newcastle O2, got given like a VIP badge, and um, I'm already like staggering at this point. And I think the last thing I remember, I remember bits of my friend's set, but I remember, like, my friend acting like an agent to try and, like, you know, meet with people. And I remember um, ordering a triple whiskey and then you flash forward two hours and I'm in, like, the cheap budget hotel I was staying in and I'm washing my face in the toilet. I'm kind of like, what's going on here? And I walk into the living room and the whole band is sitting there with the, <laughs> with the manager, with my friend. And I'm like, what's, what's happened here? And they go, are you joking? You don't remember anything? I said, no, and apparently what I'd done is I'd gone backstage and I was demanding to see James Morrison because I knew the support back and I was getting so furious, I was kicking drums. I'm never usually this aggressive. Uh, I was kicking drums and doing all of this and the, the irony of this all is that I, um, I couldn't remember my band's name, my mate's band's name, so they didn't let me in anyway and he just dismissed me. Like, he literally disowned me when I got there. So, like, he just saw me and he was just like, no. It was like, I had to. And I was like, to be honest, mate, I would have done the same thing if I were in your position. So, um, but yeah, so a couple of funny gigs there. Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> James Morrison is listening and he is absolutely appalled. Um, okay, so this is, this is comedian Mo Safaf with me and uh, singer-songwriter Paul Corcoran, a.k.a. the Low Five Ways, who's going to be in live session in just a bit. That is Skies. Now, we are massive fans of Skies here uh, on the Kieran Paul Sessions. We, we love them. Uh, that is a new track, Hold On. They're from Folkson. It's a duo, Ali and Jez. And so they performed at the Unsigned um, Music Awards 2016. And you can watch that on YouTube. But more, like, far more importantly is they actually opened it. They opened the show. And it's the first ever Unsigned Music Awards ever. And they opened it. So they were chosen. So really proud uh, love from the, for them. Skies, uh, they are from Folkson. And that is their new track, Hold on. So, as we said, in the studio we've got comedian Mo Safaf and Rochester musician Paul Corcoran, a.k.a. The Low Five Weights, and he's going to be doing a couple of songs in just a little bit. Um, now, f- firstly, Paul, why do you play under the name The Low Five Weights? Um, I just, I never really wanted to use my own name. I'm not quite sure why. Um, <laughs> or Either that or, you know, I kind of wanted to leave it open to um, it becoming a band, and I'd never, again, never really suited me to be, you know, m- my name the band or you know i'd Have rather, you I'd rather the be band. in the band Sorry to yeah yeah i've been in a few bands um yeah. in the past yeah um used to play bass oh, nice. in, in one or two um so yeah yeah i like i like being in a band um but being on your own uh, has also its advantages there's no one to get into any political scuffs with <laughs> um you kind of you know it's a lot of commitment uh, to be in a band so um, I've got less time now than I used to have a few years ago so when I picked it up again a couple of years ago I just decided I'd just do me and acoustic guitar and try to enjoy myself 
Although it doesn't always sound like that. See, because if you, if you were to get band members, like you said, you originally, you know, you designed this thing as a name, you could add people. Yeah. Would the, the music, though, would have to drain, change drastically, wouldn't you? Because you'd, you'd have other people's influences, you'd have other sounds, obviously. Yeah. And then that would totally go away from what you're doing. Um, so yeah. you'd essentially lose control, wouldn't you? Whereas now you've got yeah, 100% yeah. control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. You do. The, the, again, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you have to rel- relinquish that if you're gonna if the band's gonna last. Um, you know, you've got to give stuff away and you've got to um, compromise. Um, but you know, at the same time, I, I I enjoy working with other people. You know, they bring stuff to to it. You know, so you have you have to give it up. You have to give stuff up. You know, it's like any relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like in comedy, like if someone came up to you, Mo, and said, "Right, I'm going to write all your jokes," oh, I wouldn't take that. Mm. Yeah, I, c- I don't think I could live with it. Really, I mean, even if like I, I told someone's bit or mm. you know what I mean, or or like had like a parallel thought as a similar comedian, I, I, I would probably bin it. Mm. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. um, it's sort of dichotomy. Now you describe your work as snapshot songs. <laughs> you read that from one of my social media pages, didn't you? <laughs> you done research. your research. Well, I just keep reading it at Snapchat and getting myself in trouble. What? What? What uh, is a snapshot? N- snapshot. snapshot um, I guess what it is is um, I write very much kind of um, it's like a photograph. A lot of my songs are like a photograph. So you take a photograph and it captures a particular time. Uh, a moment and then it's gone and um and that's kind of kind of what uh, not all of the songs but a lot of them that's how i describe them so um because some of some of them are pretty um uh kind of a bit raw and a bit um miserable um but i don't feel that way <laughs> all the time uh they are simply kind of quick snapshots of a particular time so um and i tend to write very stream of consciousness so i tend to just jot down whatever words come straight into my head from um, the chords that I've written and the melody that I've got, and you know, consider myself pretty lucky when they do. Really, I can't. I can't write to a brief or to order. So you know, uh, you've got to be yourself with something like that. I imagine. Yeah, it just kind of comes from. I, and I guess that's probably the same for a lot of songwriters. But um, yeah, I, I don't even know where the words come from. I, I interpret them after they come a lot of the time. So now that know. is interesting that you interpret them after. Yeah. So you'll write. You'll write a lyric. Yeah. And then get meaning from it once yeah. you've sort of yeah put it yeah song. yeah and i i might I, I, sometimes i can i know where it's come from but i didn't deliberately write it um and other times like the first song i'm going to play um really you know it, it it's not based in any anything factual at all um it's just literally as the words came but that there is there is a um a context and a kind of story in in the song um, but that is fiction. That one, reverse engineering or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that I can't yeah. do it any other way. So I'd love to be able to write a song. Some to say, um, could you write a song about this? And we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll knock that up <laughs> for you. No problem. Impossible. So I could never be a professional songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I beg to differ. Uh, well, let's let's hear the first song then. Okay. Um, this is the most recent one I've written actually, and it's called Autumn Leaves. <laughs> hillside the autumn leaves form blankets on the floor to your door on the path lays the morning dew through the haze afar 
will look out for you. Sing and the robins too. The chorus rings for you. The orange skies and our bloodshot eyes will see the whole night through. Feed the flames will stay up some more Tell stories and sing tunes To the waxing moon Count the stars and For all the followers of every honest world We'll toast their health The skylarks sing and the robins too The chorus rings for you The orange skies and our bloodshot eyes Will see the whole night through Every road and passage leads you safely home. home. The skylarks sing and the robins too. The chorus rings for you. Orange skies and our bloodshot eyes See the whole night through Some Leaves, the first live track from the Low Five Waves. Thank you very much for that. So he's going to be doing his second live song uh, in a bit, in around about four, four or five minutes. And you can actually watch that uh, live as we do it. Uh, watch it visually, because that's what new radio is. It's all visual. So you can watch that. Go on to the Miskin Radio Facebook page, and you can watch the Low Five Waves in action doing his second live song. Right now, though, sandwiched in between those two live songs, we have a world exclusive. Now, it's really exciting when this happens. Basically, a band gives me a song, and it's never been played on any radio station before. We get to play it. They're from New Ash Green. They're called Ruse Radio. There's four of them. It's an exclusive first world play, and it's called Holding Out Hope. Brand new from Ruse Radio. That is Holding Out Hope. It is released on Sunday, and they are indie folk pop from New Ash Green. And they, they are good fun. They are, they are a lot of fun. 
and um, they have just tweeted. They tweeted us, and they tweeted you, Paul. Yeah, I just saw that. Yes, I just low f- low five ways, and they they basically they said, you know, they know what you mean about giving away things uh, in a band to be in a band because we all just do what Ali says. Ali is one of the members of the band, so I don't know sort of what hierarchy they have in that band. But um, on the day that politics lost its head, right? Anyway, so move on swiftly and quickly. So we have our second live song uh, coming up from the low five ways. If you want to watch it. Um, you can see us in the studio. I think you can see Mo as well, just watching it in the audience. You'll be able to see the Low Five Waves do his second song. If you go onto the Miskin Radio Facebook page, the video will be live now. So I'll let you begin your second song. Thank you. This one is called Balinese Monkeys. Hello to the Balinese monkeys Rice fields and thunder in the trees Close your eyes and smile with the warm breeze It's no surprise, life unfolds with ease Blue skies, they swallow you, swallow you Flowers rise, they follow you, follow you Natural highs, they borrow you, borrow you Geckos rise, they wake you in the morning Butterflies mesmerise retreats Yawns and sighs, just as day is dawning Soaking in the sweet barley heat Blue skies, they swallow you, swallow you Flowers rise, they follow you, follow you Natural highs, they borrow you, borrow you Natural highs, they borrow you, borrow you live song Balinese Monkeys from the Low Five Waves that was wonderful was <laughs> thank you lovely it was very, as Mo said very cosy cosy very cosy so when you usually do it live you kind of get 
audience to do you know backing vocals for it yes right so we didn't hear it sort of a radio show. i mean me, me and mo could have could have smashed it you know. didn't know one wanted that naturally <laughs> um, i didn't want you anyway. upstaging me mate <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that but is it is it sh- is it strange not having that like are you so used to getting an audience to do that now? um yeah that is actually the first time i've done that song like that and just kind of squeezed in that little backing bit myself and i'll just practice it a few times before i come down here um yeah i've always done it because when i when i wrote that one in particular in my head, that's what it sounded like, somebody else singing that part. And it's a really good, simple way of getting the audience involved, which I think is really important. I like engaging with the audience um, between songs. Um, and that's um, one of my favourite ones. I normally end the set with that. I'll have to put it quite near the end. So, yeah. You say you enjoy talking to the audience, but what what is it you actually have to do between songs? Because some people like to, to a comedian like Mo, Mo would, you'd naturally want to make them laugh. Yeah. What, what does a musician actually, what, what should they do? Uh, geez, I don't know. I'm not really, uh, probably not the worst person to ask for advice, but um, I think um, it because some say nothing. Like yeah, you don't have to say anything. no, you don't. You don't have to. Like, no, you don't have to. But I think I think I think it's quite important in a way. I think um, you know it, that 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 kind of energy, that relationship that you have on stage, and also it's in a way actually it's for my own benefit because I'm a really nervous performer. But if I talk in between songs. It helps. It ease. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really yeah, does help. Yeah. And I tend to, if I'm preparing for a gig, um, there might be, you know, something that's going on at the time, something topical, and stuff will pop into my head which seems to fit. So in a way, some of some of it's um, spontaneous, and some of it is kind of rehearsed in my head in a way that I think this will work quite well. Um, I'll say this in between that song and to introduce this song and this that, and the other. So that's just the way my head works in preparation for a gig. Do so you, do you do any jokes? <laughs> no, 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 no jokes. T- but um, uh, I mean, I did a gig um, recently at the Oast House Theatre in Raynham, and um, there's some really good v- uh, videos of that on YouTube. Uh, fortunately, capturing the bits in between the songs as well, because mm. uh, that went really well. It was one of my best ones recently, and um, the audience were great, and there was a lot of laughter. You know, it wasn't kind of intentional as such, but yeah. it worked out that way. And it was, yeah, it made Sorry. for a great gig. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't really like getting the crowd involved, to, poop, to be perfectly honest, because I think with something like that, it's great because, you know, people are there to see the music and have a good time. But with the comedy, obviously, they're there to have a good time, but you've got more to lose, you know what I mean, by getting the crowd involved. Um, so I just don't think it's worth it. Like, you, yeah. you'll do it if it's like an active, like to me, do you know what I mean, in response. But, you know, unless the bit dictates that, then yeah, I'd just rather steer clear because you've got more. Everything's a little bit dangerous, a bit risky, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And Mo, you so you, you grew up in London. Yep. But I mean, one sort of unique thing about you, you're, you're originally from Syria. Yep. Um, right. Now, but, but, and you find where whenever you say that you're from Syria, people just want to talk politics straight at you. It doesn't matter where you <laughs> yeah. are. It's it's a nightmare. I mean, because obviously it's like it's a, it's apparent, you know, like what's what's going on there, and um, you know, I, I feel a need to to talk about it in the comedy. Uh, you know, there's a wealth of material and smart stuff to to do, which I haven't written yet, but you know, will come. But um, but yeah, you could be anywhere, and you know, you just mention it. I'm I'm from Syria, and instantly, like you'll be like in a bar in a nightclub. My, my friend uh, Talal Kirkuti, who uh, uh, is another Syrian comic, he has this whole bit about you know he's in a nightclub and he's dancing, and someone's like, you know, where are you from? And it's like, I'm, I'm from London, you know? And it's like, oh, no, where, where are your, your parents from? Like, um, from Syria. And then it's like, suddenly, you know, you get, you know, you're dancing, and the guy's like, it's really horrible what's going on over there. I was like, yeah, thank you, man, thank you. You know, it's just like, where do you take that? Um, so, um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy. 
The gateway to your community. Miskin Radio.